Welcome to Transformers, the podcast about how business people and policymakers are creating a sustainable future. I'm your host, Kai Embren. In today's program, my guests are Phil Ruxton and Marco Carmini from Croda. Croda? You may not know much about them, but hopefully today's podcast gives you an interesting insight in this speciality chemicals manufacturer that uses their smart science to improve lives across a number of sectors, from personal care to healthcare, to energy technologies and crop care. Innovation and sustainability are in their DNA. Phil is the Vice President of Sustainability and Marco Carmini is the Managing Director in Latin America. Croda operates in 38 countries and it has more than four and a half thousand employees. Earlier this year, Croda pledged to become a land, people and climate positive in 2030. Let's find out more about Croda and their ambitions in sustainability and climate targets. Welcome to the podcast. Let us start. Phil, can you give example on, on, on product that people know a little bit more about? Because Croda is not known as a, in, the, in the consumer perspective. Right. So whether it's in the shower, whether it's in uh, your preparation to go out in the morning, whether it's in your um, washing and laundry, whether it's in, in, in the clothes, whether it's in um, you know, some of the materials around your house, whether it's in the cars, um, there are pro- Croda ingredients right across. But the important point is we don't formulate them we are providing the performance ingredients that often provide the benefit. Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 the classics and Gen Marker, you can add more, but the classics we tend to talk about is if you see a shampoo that has a hair strengthening claim, mm-hmm. that is often Croda's ingredient that provides the hair strengthening mm-hmm. claim on the bottle. If you look at um, anti-aging skin creams, um, a lot of the active ingredients in those skin creams come from Croda. Um, our purpose is using smart science to improve lives. Um, and you know, we talk directly to customers, big and small. And that really differentiates us from pretty much every other large chemical company, because for us, it's never about volume. Um, and actually, you know, some of the best success stories in Croda, but also in our markets, have been small companies, you know, accelerating and doing great things, and we've been there with them all the way along that journey. Um, and that's different from from the rest of the industry. Yeah. Sustainability has been on the agenda for many years, and I would like to start my question to Marco, based in Latin America, on one issue that has a huge impact on our planet and also showing what corporation can do, doing good for our planet. So it's about the Amazon rainforest and the indigenous people. So Croda supporting the Amazon rainforest and the indigenous people during the COVID-19 pandemic. Can you tell us more about this, Michael? This support of the indigenous people has a lot to do with our values of uh, uh, being responsible, being together, 
being innovative. Kroger also did for many years innovation based on feedstocks from the Brazilian biodiversity. So that really resonated to me and I said, well, that's, that's the right thing. And why soaps? Soaps, uh, contrary to uh, face masks or disinfectant alcohol gel, it's part of the indigenous culture. It's a, a note, but it's an effective means of preventing uh, infection by COVID-19 and other infectious diseases, not only COVID. And the Indians for many years produced some sort of rudimentary, uh, rudimentary uh, soap, but that's their production methods was not enough, not, not able to produce the amounts they need. Uh, okay, then uh, so, uh, so my contact, uh, Mrs. Dunia Malas, which is a, a Brazilian journalist and environmentalist, uh, we got in contact with the Rowney Institute. The Rowney Institute is a well-known, worldwide, well-known institution representing the Kaipo culture. Kaipos is one of the largest Brazilian tribes living in the south brink of the Amazon forest. The, particularly this tribe, the Kaipos, they protect or help to protect and, and, and preserve an area of native forest that's equivalent to, to twice the, the, the size of the area of England itself. We, so we engaged with, with some customers, some that have contributed, but Kroda has purchased most of the 50,000 bars of uh, soaps uh, so far supplied to the, uh, through the Rowney Institute to, to the Indians. Uh, but it, there is another hidden part of the story, which is the Indians themselves uh, riding boats through the, 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 the channel of the rivers in the Amazon forest, in the area, the territory where they live. They, they traveled an estimate 3,200 kilometers to distribute the soaps amongst their many villages. They, they live in small villages with a few inhabitants each one. So there, there was a hidden logistic behind it that was incredible, incredibly done by themselves. So uh, the Indians, they have a, a, a very, uh, um, how can I say, they have a, a culture of sharing everything. They live in collective houses and they share everything. So it's, it's easy, it's natural for them to ask for, 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 for something. But they also, they are very much prompt to give you something back as well. So it's, it's a culture of no, no possession of things, just a, a collective sharing. This type of local community support, is that an important part of Croda's work in, uh, when you look at the, the sustainability approach you have uh, on the market? Mm -hmm. So we set up in 2004 what we call the 1% Club. Um, and that was started in the UK and rolled out globally. And that was the idea that every employee was paid to take 1% of their working year, roughly three days for a full-time employee a year, for charity work. Um, and as it started, um, as Croda is, it was decentralized. So employees could choose, there were very limited guidelines on what you could do or not. There was quite a lot of freedom of choice in where to work. And, and that's existed and has been rolled out globally um, over the 2000s. And so now, you know, tens of thousands of hours are effectively donated by Croda to help local communities. And that until recently has been our main focus um, and actually it went further than that because you know we got feedback from our employees to understand what they were doing with their time and what became clear was that a lot of them were realizing that they could inspire kids 
um, by going to schools and talking about their work, helping in schools, running activities in schools. Uh, and so in 2012, again started in the UK, uh, we formalised a, um, a series of STEM activities, so science, technology, engineering and maths activities that we offered to employees to say, look, if you're thinking about what you'd like to spend your 1% club time on, you're still welcome to do your own charitable work. But if you're looking for something to do, we'd love to support you getting into schools, colleges, universities. We're now, and I appreciate we'll come on to this more broadly, Kai, but um, as we launch our commitment this year to be climate, land and people positive, we're looking to take that to the next level. And the whole principle of this strategy is we think we're pretty world class in our approach to sustainability already. But like everyone, we've got to do more. You know, everyone talks about this being the decade of action um, and we want to do our part. Um, and so we're looking to take our behavior, and take our action to the next level. So as part of our commitment, um, we've announced that we're launching a Croda Foundation, um, which will be a uh, not-for-profit, totally independent charitable organization. It's a stated commitment in our, in our strategy that we announced in March this year, the launch of this Croda Foundation which will be funded by Croda, but then stand alone as a not-for-profit foundation. Um, and it will be significant funding. The details are still to be announced. Um, and that the, the purpose of that foundation will be primarily to take Croda's smart science and look through investment, activities, resources to support more local communities around the world. We like uh, our people to continue to volunteer uh, just instead of just uh, giving corporate money to to help thing, we are, uh, the one percent club means three three days a year, not holidays or weekends at working days that you split and you dedicate to some cause. You can just imagine the, uh, the impact of it by multiplied by the number of employees. I myself, I have three days off. I think uh, we we all three here can uh, can. Uh support the thinking of uh, when yes. you support uh, local community you also need to look at not only the product but also the leadership uh, the yep. training of people and their long-term thinking uh, yep. that will uh, deliver a good quality of project support uh, mm -hmm. and i think that particularly is important uh, when we have this type of culture um, uh, challenges and and the relationship between our Western view of, of relations and, and, uh, and the Indian tribes' uh, daily life. Uh, business uh, strategies on, on how to meet the challenges in, in the climate issue. Um, uh, Croda has a program called uh, Climate Positive and Land Positive and People Positive. But let's start to talk a little bit about the Climate Positive uh, strategy from Croda. Phil, can you give a sort of ex describe what it is about to be climate positive? Yeah, thanks, Guy. I mean, this is this is starting from the principle that um, we believe as Croda that we can do more as a chemical company than just less bad. And a lot of industry, particularly heavy industry, has focused over the last few years on showing that they reduce their negative impacts on climate or on uh, land biodiversity. And, and over the last two years, our um, executive committee and board 
has spent a lot of time with the Cambridge Institute for Sustainability Leadership thinking about this and, 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 and looking at where Crowd is strong and where we want to be in the future and living our purpose. Um, we've realized that actually we should be more ambitious than doing less bad. And so the principle of climate, land and people positive is the idea that we want to focus our strategy. And this is not just sustainability strategy, this is Crowder strategy on proving that we'll be climate, land and people positive, not less bad by 2030. So in climate positive, there, there are two or three key areas and we can get bogged down in the science of um, scope one and two, three emissions. We can talk about uh, the science behind this. If we take that as understood for a moment and explain what Crowd is trying to do. Um, firstly, we have our own emissions. We have our scope one and two emissions from our factories or the electricity we use at our factories. Um, and so we've set ourselves the ambitious target to align with the one and a half degree scenario and sign up to science-based targets. And we're one of very few chemical companies to do that. So we've declared that we are working towards that and we're in the process of having our targets validated. What that effectively means is that we are declaring we will be net zero of our, for our own emissions by 2050. And if you look at the pathway for the one and a half degree scenario, it means that we are targeting to be roughly 50% lower emissions from our manufacturing sites by 2030. Is that, so that include? Yeah, well, uh, when you have um, uh, scope one and two, when you're looking at your own uh, emission, then you have scope three, and we talk about transportation, and you are in, um, you have uh, operations in 74 countries. Uh, how do you look into the transportation issue? So we've analyzed, um, great question, we've analyzed our, our full scope one, two and three emissions for many years. In fact, going all the way back to 2008, I think. Um, and we have, you know, calculated and um, allocated our emissions right through scope three, particularly upstream scope three emissions. And actually we have them verified externally and, and we received for 2019 the highest standard of verification which is very boringly titled reasonably verified, but actually that is the highest standard. You know, I mean, I've been in sales and marketing. I was hoping for a very sexy title to say good verification, but it's reasonable, which means it's good. Um, and so, yeah, we absolutely categorize and are focused on scope three. And actually for Croda, like most of the chemical industry, in fact, all the chemical industry, the majority of our emissions are actually in scope three upstream, um, particularly in our raw materials something like two thirds of our scope three emissions are captured in our raw materials. Um, now, Crode is uniquely positioned in the chemical sector because nearly two thirds of our raw materials are actually bio-based already. Mm. And as you'll appreciate, you know, you sequester carbon as you grow the crops. Um, and that can certainly do a lot as you look through the full product life cycle. Obviously the carbon maths get complicated, but if, as you look through the full product cycle, then that has a, a significant contribution. Um, so there are two or three areas where we're looking also to target our scope three emissions. Um, that certainly forms part of the science-based target, by the way. Um, and as I say, we are validating that target at the moment and what that means to be um, uh, net zero. Um, net zero includes scope three. Um, and so we are focused on that area. But that is all about doing less bad. 
correct? You know, mm. we're taking our emissions down to zero by 2050. The positive piece in climate positive is that we have known for years that our ingredients can help our customers and the end consumer avoid emissions in their use. And I'll give you a couple of really easy examples. Um, the first example is in our energy technologies business, where we supply additives that end up in engine lubricants, and they are there to improve fuel economy. So to drive, for a car to drive 100 kilometers with our additive in the engine lubricant, they burn less fuel to drive the 100 kilometers. So our additive is directly saving or avoiding emissions. And another great example is in our home care business, where our additives can help prolong the life of fabrics when added to fabric conditioners. And therefore, you're not looking to um, uh, buy new fabrics as often because we've extended that life and therefore avoid the emissions from, from producing those fabrics. And so our claim to be carbon positive is that we, by 2030, we will prove that for every tonne of emissions, scope one, two, and three, that Croder emits, we will help our customers and consumers avoid four tonnes. So it's a four to one ratio. Um, and that is our pathway to climate positive, and it includes scope three. And uh, the question of transportation in, in, in your businesses? Yes, so transportation um, in, in scope three is, is absolutely there. It's probably number three or four in, in, in order of magnitude. It represents less than 15% of our emissions. It's certainly a part of the emissions. We certainly need to address it. Um, but in terms of the big numbers, raw materials, and, and including the transportation to our raw material suppliers of the, of the base ingredients, that's the biggest part. But you, you're correct, transportation is certainly part of that. And so our, our, our intention over the next, well, certainly this decade and beyond 2050 is to, to, to look not just at alternative energy sources, but also new process technologies that will take our emissions down. It is fair to recognise that we are recognised as a hard to abate sector at the moment, not just Croda, the chemical sector, because of that need for heat. So at the moment in our targets, we haven't stated that we're looking to uh, review, uh, go back to historical emissions. We're going to keep this strategy under review. This is the first time Croda set a 10-year strategy. So quite openly, it's, it's ambitious and slightly scary in Croda because normally, like most businesses, you're looking at the two, three, five-year cycle. Um, and we've come out with this, with this long-term strategy I think we're all confident that actually that strategy will evolve within those 10 years as we, un as we look at where we can do more good. Um, so it's being taken into account, but it, at the moment, our strategy is to be leading in the chemical sector um, and align with the one and a half. The crucial thing about the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which is where we've based our strategy as every forward-thinking company should be doing at the moment. The interesting thing is, Actually, the last goal is the most important, which is collaboration. Um, and, you know, this is something new for the chemical industry and probably most industries. Um, they're now going to need to talk more openly to their peers, their suppliers and their customers. And data needs to be exchanged with suitable confidentiality in suitable third party organizations. Um, but we're going to need to share a lot more data to understand the transparency for our customers of their supply chains and for Croda back up their supply chains. 
And so, you know, we see the role of sustainable procurement as crucial in this. Um, and we've already got some great case studies and examples um, of where Croda's already acting. And probably the most well-known is in the palm oil supply chain. Um, you know, this is a, a well-known challenge. You know, it impacts um, uh, sourcing and uh, land use in lots of parts of the world, mainly focused in Southeast Asia, but it has impact in Latin America and Africa as well. Uh, and Croda has been a member of the Roundtable on Sustainable Palm for uh, since it was its inception. Now, that has been focused on palm oil supply chains and ensuring that um, we can secure sustainable palm oil and certify it. And Croda is moving very quickly towards being able to guarantee and assure all palm oil that we source is sustainably sourced. One, one word that they're always uh, coming up when to talk about the supply chain and also when we talk about procurement is also the company's strategy on circular economy. Uh, yes. how, how is your view of, of uh, to go in that direction? So circular economy is really in the upfront uh, in our discussions, uh, particularly with plastics and other types of recyclable materials. So in this, in this way, we are advocating uh, uh, we are leading the way and advocating by engaging and collaborating with uh, uh, other chemical companies upstream and downstream to CRODA to, to, to reinforce uh, 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 the concept of circular economy and recycling, which is still low in Brazil. So the, the, the percentage of recycling and uh, re reutilized material is uh, absolutely is more but there are other ways of thinking uh, circular economy in, in, in the chemical industry. For instance, we have uh, effluent and waste treatment plant that recycles 75% of the water. So we, uh, we continuously reutilize 75% of the water inside the plant. So this is another means of doing, uh, uh, thinking about reutilization, uh, uh, recycling, using again, Okay, the, the concept of a circular economy within the chemical industry is a bit odd, I would say, because a chemical is transformed in something else. So it's, except for catalysts, I cannot think much of using again the same molecule. It has been transformed in something else. But of course, and that's a good example of the, the, the SDG number 17, without collaboration, circular economy is very hard. Nobody can do it alone. So uh, besides, uh, uh, so it's in this way, I think we are leading uh, by uh, coordinating the efforts of the, the, the industry. Circular economy be more impactful to, to sustainability, to, to, to be more sustainable, I would say. Yeah. Crowd has been around 95 years and it was built on the use of a waste stream from yes. the uh, textile processing industry in the north of England. That's where Crowd has started. So from our very first day, we have been taking waste streams and turning them into useful products. Um, well, I also mentioned that you know two, roughly two thirds of our raw materials are bio-based. When you're dealing with oils um, from plants, you get natural variation because depending on where they're grown, the temperatures, the climate, you'll get variation in that oil. And so Croda has a huge amount of experience 
of being able to take all parts of the oil, even all parts of the plant, and look to use those for different outputs and, and ensure that we cover it, and then look to use our waste streams within Croda for other purposes. And the other angle here is how Croda can help wider industry with the circular economy. And, and, and until last year, I ran our smart materials business. Now, our smart materials business in Croda is world leader in some technologies that end up in various polymer systems and plastics. And actually, the work that we've been doing in the last few years has been to, to challenge ourselves to say, how can Croda with our products and our technologies help the circular economy further? The obvious one is some of our technologies can improve durability and the long lasting nature of, of, of polymer products. Um, so you can think about how our products help um, cars made from plastic last longer, whether it's because of their, their uh, improved surface finish so that they look nicer for longer or improved impact resistance so that they don't get scratched so easily. Um, there are many technologies in Croda that can contribute to the circular economy. In collaboration with stakeholders and networking. And I can see that you have been doing a lot of work uh, together with others. You have been working around the Agenda 2030, the SDGs, the Greenhouse Gas Protocol, CDP, uh, Global Reporting Initiative, Cambridge Leadership Group, and maybe Climate Group, I don't know. But uh, how important is this networking for Cruda? This is increasing, and I think it's, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the, the Croda culture, and it is fair to say in the past that Croda was very much get on with it, and we'll do the best we can and ensure the best for our customers and our communities and our, um, our shareholders. And what we've recognised in the last few years is that if we want to be a leader in this area, we don't just have to engage, we have to advocate and we have to take leadership positions beyond our boundaries. We are embedding, embedding the sustainable development goals into the way we do business. I give you an example, I, just moving back, uh, bouncing back to the example with the, the agreement with the University of Campinas. I, I told to the, uh, to, to the rector of the university, to the principal of the university, I said, we are doing this because it's the right thing to do, but also it really helps into uh, SDG number four, which is quality education, okay? So we, uh, the way we are doing, uh, when I presented that we are trying to every activity, every target in our strategy has to be linked to serving and improving and, uh, and helping to attain uh, an SDG, it's a different approach. It's a completely different approach because it's not an expert like few or other experts we have. It's about everyone, everyone embedding it into, the, into their daily works. And that's very powerful. Uh, it's, it's not minor. It's really, when I look at mm, these guys, they have an expert here in sustainability. This guy has to answer, to address, to convince, to, um, to, to, to spread the gospel wide. In our case, it's about, uh, it's a light touch, typically light touch product style, but with a lot of authority. Uh, uh, we are uh, talking more naturally about sustainability. So people start to, to do it without thinking, like driving a car without, uh, you change, you don't, you don't need to change gears that, as of today, but in the past you had to change. You do not need to think about changing gears. It happens naturally. That's the way we are approaching sustainability. Mm -hmm.
we we also we are also supporting such kind of initiative that change the way governments are approaching uh, sustainability. So, and we do it in collaboration with other institutions uh, like the, the, the Brazilian version of the w, WBCDS, okay? We, we have also a partnership with the World Bank and the PMR, PMI projects. Uh, if I'm getting your point right, it's, it's not, it's how we are, if we are worried, concerned about large-scale partnerships to, to have more impact, yes, we, we, we have. We have many, at least I can say in the UK and Brazil, which are the ones I know more, uh, yes, I think we are we are doing this sort of large um, uh, institutional, broader uh, uh, institutional collaboration and advocacy, uh, if, if I got your point right. The point Marco made there that uh, you know, our, our chief executive, Steve Foots, uh, leads the chemistry council in the UK um, and he, he signed up. The point Marco is making was, and we, we can't have this discussion without mentioning at least once coronavirus and, and the impact. But you know, one of the key points that Steve signed up to uh, with the UK government was a, a request, a challenge to say, as we build back, please, let's make sure we build back in the right way, a sustainable way. Um, and challenging the, 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 the British government, but there are plenty of other examples globally of ensuring that this is done in the right way, and this is business requesting that. Mm. Can, can, uh, when, when we look at the sort of companies that are in the front of development in, in sustainability, um, do you have any industrial heroes? Uh, that, uh, or are you the industrial hero? Um, how do you see uh, others uh, who advance, uh, take position in sustainability? Do you have any heroes? So personally, Kai, you know, it's, it's wonderful to work for a company like Croda who are a leader in sustainability and recognized as being a leader, but we can always learn. Um, and we need to learn more. We need to get more people learning and we need to learn faster. So I wouldn't dare suggest that we're satisfied with that, that we're a hero, we're not, we're a leader, but we want to do more. I think personally for me, uh, I've most appreciated engaging with the Cambridge Institute of Sustainability Leadership because they've brought together the real thought leaders in uh, sustainability from lots of angles, economists, um, uh, biodiversity experts, climate change experts, but also experts in leadership and business change. And, and so for me, I, I think forums like that, and there are clearly plenty out there, those forums for me have, have given me, you know, a new ideas, confidence, but also ability to learn on when other people have, have achieved. Um, and that, that's been really important. And I think there's a huge role to play in sharing best practice, um, whether it's to Croda from others or from Croda to others, um, yeah. and also, encouragement and enthusiasm because you know this is a this is a, a challenging time but it's also an exciting time to make the right change for the future well when we then look at the futures and and which are the barriers or the challenges and also the opportunities you can see for Croda sustainability program go on i'll give it a go kai um so if I, if, I, if I think about where Croda is now, and I've mentioned, you know, we've just announced a 10-year strategy, um, which is exciting but slightly scary. It's the first time Croda's ever announced a strategy uh, of that length of time. And, and the, 
the targets are really ambitious uh, and deliberately so. Um, and you know, we've we've had our strategy peer reviewed actually before we um, we actually announced it uh, to ensure that it was challenging enough. Um, and so, in themselves, those objectives are stretching uh, and challenging. I think the wonderful opportunity, and, and you've heard us talk about it a lot, is we're very fortunate with our workforce and, and, and the people in Croda that they're open, they're engaged, and they're keen to do right. Um, and so, you know, we've had this culture for a long time. We've had a, a focus on sustainability without calling it that, without saying, you know, this is what we're doing. It's just been how we've done it. Um, so the opportunity is there with the workforce, uh, and actually that is probably the most important thing that we can do. Um, and it's the first thing that our chief executive said to me when I took this job is ensure that we engage everybody and show them how they can be part of the 10 year journey. We could easily do this in specialist silos and just have the engineers and the, the chemists and the few salespeople involved. But most of my time at the moment, and you know, Marco and I were talking to each other for most of yesterday in this. Mm -hmm. Most of my time is engaging everybody across Croda. And so that, that's the greatest opportunity. Um, and, and as I say, the, the, the targets are a challenge. I think the other challenge here is, um, and this is not a Croda issue, this is a, a, a global issue in sustainability, is that these factors are all connected. These are not individual separate items. It's not climate, society, biodiversity and nature. They are totally connected. Um, and, and Marco's first example of the soap gifting into to, to the, um, the the people in the Amazon is a perfect example of that. Uh, you know, Marco, you might want to re-emphasize that connectivity. No, no. I, th I think, let's say, uh, thinking from the challenges perspective, sustainability isn't an easy thing. But it's about making some sacrifices. And I wonder if people... Once they have achieved a certain standard of life, they, they are uh, willing to compromise. Yesterday, we, I have a provocative say during uh, our uh, sustainability training to the Latin senior leadership team. When someone asked if we should change our uh, fleet, we, when we are going to change and if we could start changing our car fleet, company car fleet to electric vehicles. Uh, I said, yeah, neither electric nor fossil fuels as of today. Let's take public transportation. That would be really sustainable. Okay, so challenge is if you want, we want to be sustainable and we, need, we intend to have one planet for the entire uh, uh, population, uh, uh, humankind pop population. We've got to, 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 to do sacrifice. We've got to improve. We've got to make things easier. And this will spark a lot of creativity, a lot of innovation, new technologies, because uh, we learned quite fast from, from the pandemics. We adapt well, but we are very fond of our own, own uh, good old life. So we need to find uh, the middle uh, between what we, we've been doing and the planet in the very first months has, was cleaned up in a certain way to where we intend to go. So yeah, that's global is the biggest challenge. Also, particularly for the business, we see that large companies, large companies uh, are, are, more, uh, are, are more prepared, prone to, to, to engage and embed sustainability. But the small business, sometimes sustainability is a very, is a very far concept for them. So yeah, it, this is another challenge for Croda. 
that we uh, convince our smaller customers, our smaller business, uh, the smaller business, our customers, that sustainability is an opportunity and is the right thing to do. That, that, those are the challenges. I think the opportunities are immense. Opportunities, oh. I think it's immense. Great, uh, Marco. And let's mm-hmm. that be uh, the, the word from our program today. Uh, <laughs> Uh, both uh, the opportunity you see in in what you can deliver uh, yeah. to our planet, and and yeah. and also see that uh, you are not afraid for the challenges in front of you, and hope that uh, uh, this dialogue will help others to understand how you change your way forward. Okay. Thank okay. you, Marco Thank you. and Phil. Thank you, Kai. Yeah. Nice to speak with you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Me too. I'm Kai Embren. Follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn, where I will be announcing the future guests to this podcast. And you can expect about two programs a month. And each guest has a unique story of making business and society sustainable. So find out more. Visit my homepage, kaiembren.org. Thank you for listening.